but it's lovely to be here. It's always good to be at Oasis. So I know you've been thinking about prayer in Oasis this term. And actually, I couldn't think of a more important topic to be thinking about at this time. Um, I know many of us are very disturbed by the state of the world. And it can lead to a feeling of helplessness. We feel sometimes overwhelmed by the needs of the world. But the one thing we can always do, of course, is to pray. Praying means that we can influence world events. It means we can turn to God when we feel helpless or overwhelmed. Prayer is a kind of lifeline that we can cling to when the storms in the world seem to be threatening to overwhelm us. But prayer can also be a bit of a challenge. Sometimes we're not quite sure how to pray or we don't really understand how it all works. Um, I heard a couple of stories recently about children praying and, and actually they both kind of resonated with me for different reasons. So one was about a small boy who just learned the Lord's Prayer, as children do, and he was asked to say it. And he said it all perfectly until the bit about lead us not into temptation. And at that point he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us some email. <laughs> now, I wonder if sometimes we feel we haven't quite got the right words. We're not sure if we're using the right words to pray. Um, so that, that's why that resonated with, with me. And the other story was about a little girl who was asked to say grace before a meal. So she did it very properly. She bent her head and she said, thank you, Lord, for this lovely roast chicken. And her mother, after she'd finished, pointed out that they were actually having sausages for dinner. She said, yes, I know. I'm just checking that God's paying attention. (laughs) Well, today I want to share some of the best resources that we have for prayer because the Psalms give us the words to say when we don't know what the words are, when we're not sure. Uh, And they remind us that people have been praying about some of the same sorts of things for centuries. Uh, And they remind us too that God is indeed paying attention. So let's just pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful resource that you've given us in the book of Psalms. And we pray that today as I speak, you would just help each of us to be re-inspired to use this wonderful resource and that it will help us, each one of us, in our prayer lives. Amen. So before looking at why we should pray with the Psalms and how we should pray with the Psalms, it's worth just reminding ourselves what the Psalms are. So of course the Bible The Bible isn't just one single book. It's actually a collection of lots of different books. Um, And it includes a whole spread of types of writing. So we get historical accounts, we get poetry, we get prophecy, we get parables, we get biographies, and much, much more. And a psalm was written as a sort of sacred song or a poem that was written to be included in worship singing praises to God. 
uh, as Amy said, and she did it much better than I, did, I, I would, uh, so I'm glad I don't have to do that illustration. When I was young, it was still common practice to sing the psalms in that dreadful dirge-like way. Um, but I imagine that when they were first written, they were sung in a really tuneful way. Many of the psalms, of course, were written by King David, um, but some were written by others, including the original Sons of Korah, um, so the original sons of Korah were um, a family who were given the specific job of organizing worship. It's a bit like uh, our worship leaders on Sundays or Amy today. That was their role, but it was all within one family. So the Psalms are poems and hymns, and many of them, of course, have really beautiful words and images that can bring us comfort, that can bring us joy. Just think of the imagery in the 23rd Psalm, those images of God leading us to lie down in green pastures by still waters. Doesn't that sound relaxing and refreshing? Of God being with us when we walk through those dark valleys which we've all experienced. Of God preparing a table for us and giving us so much that our cup overflows. So when we read the Psalms, we're not just reading dry historical information, but really powerful descriptions in poetic language that reminds us of how great God is. And they describe real human emotions, from joy to despair, and the struggles and the challenges and the victories of life that we all experience. We can identify with so many of the emotions in the Psalms as we travel through life's ups and downs. And that's what the Psalms are. But why? Oh, we've got, uh, we've, got, um, we've got slides as well. I think I'm on number, number five, maybe at the moment, so uh, there's a good, nice picture of the Psalms. So that's what Psalms are, but why should we turn to them to help us to pray? Uh, well, one good reason is that they've been used by Christians to help them pray for centuries. Don't think we've quite caught up yet, but don't worry. Obviously, the Jewish people before the time of Jesus used them in their worship. But in the first few centuries after Jesus lived on earth, the Psalms began to be used by Christians. And by the fourth century, and possibly quite a lot earlier, the book of Psalms was being regularly used by Christians as part of their worship. And that continued uh, through centuries after that. For Benedictine monks, uh, the rule of St. Benedict required that all 150 Psalms be sung every week. Now, you might be relieved to hear that that's not a pattern I'm going to recommend. It sounds quite a lot. But I wonder if, on the other hand, in the modern church, we've kind of lost sight of that rich resource for our worship. And there's good advice in the New Testament about using the Psalms. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he says that a spirit-filled church will speak to one another using psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then he echoes that in his letter to the Colossians. He instructs the church 
to let the word of Christ dwell richly in them as they sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And all three of those words, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, would have been associated at that time with the biblical psalms, which they would have sung in the Greek Old Testament, which was known as the Septuagint. So the New Testament is telling us that the speaking, the praying, and the singing of psalms is part of a healthy church life. And as part of the Bible, the psalms are spirit-inspired words given to us by God to help us speak about God and help us speak to God. We have, of course, some amazing Christian songwriters today, and their songs can inspire us in our worship. But I don't think even the best of them would claim that every word was inspired by God in the same way that we find in the scriptures. Every word of every psalm is inspired by God. So the psalms connect us with Christians through the centuries, but also with other Christians throughout the world today. Whatever culture we live in, the psalms relate to our lives. We're not inventing a spirituality of our own, but we're joining in that God-given spirituality of the whole church of God. And in particular, the Psalms can help us to identify and to stand with Christians in other parts of the world, perhaps where they're persecuted for their faith or where they're going through a difficult time. So the Psalms connect us to Christians through history and throughout the world. But they also connect us, of course, with our own emotions. And they help us find ways to process them. So, for instance, we can learn through the Psalms how to lament in times of grief. We all know how to lament. We've all felt sad. But the Psalms give us a way of doing that that will help us connect with God rather than drawing back from away from him. At other times, they can show us how to wait and hope when times feel dark and hopeless. They can teach us to praise when life seems very bleak. This is Athanasius. He was one of the early church fathers, and he said this, before Christ came among us, God sketched the likeness of this perfect life for us in words in this same book of Psalms in order that just as he revealed himself in flesh to be the perfect heavenly man, so in the Psalms also men, and I'm sure women as well, of goodwill, might see the pattern life portrayed and find therein the healing and correction of their own. I'll just read that last bit again. So in the Psalms, people of goodwill might see the pattern life portrayed and find therein the healing and correction of their own. The Psalms can show us how to live. So lots of reasons why we should pray with the Psalms, but let's look now at how we can do that. Let's be a bit more practical. How do these ancient poems help us to pray today? Well, there are so many ways. I'm going to talk about a few of them, but I'm sure you will have lots of other ideas. 
One very simple way, and if you're doing uh, the Bible in a Year program, you'll probably already be doing that more or less, is to take one psalm a day and read through it using it as a springboard for prayer. It can be helpful to have a little bit of a commentary or a guide. Bible in a Year does that. One which I found helpful is this one. Uh, It's up there anyway, but uh, Tim Keller's My Rock, My Refuge. And it just takes a psalm or sometimes um, part of a psalm a day for a whole year. And, um, and it gives a short sort of just a thought for the day type devotional for each day, but a really good catalyst for prayer. And as we read the psalms, we could be praying not just for ourselves, but actually asking ourselves, who does this psalm remind me of today? That might be a prompt to pray for them. Or you might pray, who needs to hear these verses today, Lord? And if the Lord puts someone on your heart, why not just share it with them? Give them a quick call or a message and tell them, this psalm reminded me of you today. I'm praying for you. But sometimes we might want to choose a particular psalm to match our mood. It can be helpful, actually, um, to read them out loud. We don't often do that in our own sort of personal quiet times. We often just read uh, to ourselves in our heads. But actually, there's something really powerful about reading out loud, particularly these psalms that were made to be said out loud or sung out loud. So, for instance, if you're feeling, if we're feeling happy and you want words to express that, you might choose Psalm 92. It's got verses like, For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. But if you're perhaps feeling that God is distant and not responding to you, Psalm 88 has verses like, But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? For some of those more negative feelings, the Psalms can assure us that it's okay to feel that way and to express it. God's heard it all before. They also assure us that things can change because often some of those more negative Psalms end on a much more positive note as the Psalmist reminds themselves of God's faithfulness through the ages. And there's such a variety in the Psalms. There's Psalms of praise, Psalms of lament, meditation, requests, urgent pleas. Um, I've got a little list of them, which uh, I think Caroline was going to photocopy, but she may have got, she may have, oh, she has, I think. So uh, if, you, if that would be helpful, do, uh, do take one of those. Um, just has a, a list of different Psalms to match different moods. So we can use the Psalms just as they are, or we can rewrite them using our own words to express our own feelings. We don't have to tackle a whole Psalm at once, particularly if it's Psalm 119 with its 120 or whatever verses it's got. But maybe just choose a verse or two that particularly speaks to you and try to express the thoughts in it in your own words or to include a particular situation in your own life. So, for instance, when the psalmist talks about fleeing from armies, most of us aren't doing that day by day, but you might want to substitute situations that are making you anxious or fearful. 
If you're artistic and creative, and I'm afraid I'm not, but many people I know, many of you I know are, you could try journaling the Psalms. Here's one sort of example of that. Adding illustrations, annotating them. I remember when I was teaching, one activity that went down particularly well with the children was to give them a copy of Psalm 150. That talks about praising God with lots of different instruments. And I'd get them to add illustrations around it, sort of illustrations showing it it was joyful. And, um, And I particularly used to like the way they used to, the different interpretations of what a timbrel might look like, because none of us knew, really. Um, Another imaginative way of using the Psalms is to use them to imagine ourselves actually praying with Jesus. After all, that would have been his prayer book in his life on earth. Uh, Perhaps when we're reading a Psalm, we could ask ourselves, when in Jesus' life might he have turned to this Psalm, this particular one? Or you might want to meditate on the Psalms. Um, Some of you know I'm a big fan of Lissy Clark's Contemplative at Home podcast. You can Google it and there's a huge archive of episodes now, including several psalms. And they typically take about 15 or 20 minutes and they lead you slowly through a passage and encourage you just to focus on particular words or phrases that speak to you. There's such richness in the Psalms, and it's good sometimes to take the time to just kind of chew on them, to really digest them, really spend time with them. I read someone describing uh, that way of praying with the Psalms as being a bit like an apple tree. You pick off the bits that are kind of relevant to you, and then you chew on it and and spend time with it. And perhaps the way that I described of rewriting our prayers or finding uh, a psalm that resonates with us for this particular time that we use to pray ourselves is a bit more like a Christmas tree. Uh, The psalm provides the framework and we hang our own kind of particular needs on it. And of course, there are lots of modern songs that use words from the psalms and we may uh, get some of them uh, a bit later. Uh, And after all, they were originally written as songs. And there are so many modern and even quite traditional versions of the Psalms. Uh, You can find lots if you Google. And although some, of course, have more interpretations than others, there are lots of versions of Psalm 23, for instance. And singing as a form of prayer and worship can be powerful. It can connect us with our emotions and with God whether we sing them ourselves or whether we listen to someone else singing them. So, the Psalms can be a fantastic resource for our prayers. In your discussions later, you might like to share some of your favorite Psalms and think about what, uh, when, when those Psalms might be particularly helpful. Or perhaps share any ways that you have of praying with the Psalms or just explore a psalm or two together and see what richness you can find in it. I'm going to end by reading some verses from one of my favorite psalms. It's from Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. 
glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor person called and the Lord heard her. He saved her out of all her troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Amen.